Mayor says we're going to have all the Halloween parades combined into one Halloween parade. Social distancing required. You're listening to KZOM. Once again, to the number one show in our time slot on this radio station. This day of the week. Thank you again for joining us. We're going to be talking about part one of October Witches. So, yeah. I hope you enjoy it. Dave's going to be here. We're going to talk about witches. We're going to talk about witches in D&D. We're going to talk about witches in TV. It's, it's going to be cool. All right. Hope you enjoy it. Oh, man, that is so loud. You guys, can you turn that down? In the? It's too loud in my headphones. Come on. I'm glad to be back in the studio, but this is too loud. Hey, everyone. Welcome back once again to another episode of Radio Free Oleander. It's me, DB, and this guy over here. How's it going? Pretty good, and my name is Farmer Dave. Farmer Dave. So yeah, it's October, everyone. The leaves are falling. Uh, the fields are filling up with even more scarecrows and pumpkins than before. I'm not quite sure how that happened, but yeah. The leaves are turning red. Yeah. The, the, the pumpkins and the gourds are out. Yep. And, uh, oh, oh, uh, just a clarification. There was a little bit of a garbling, I think, due to, uh, due to beer, but, um, we did not trade the goats for car parts. We traded car parts for the goats' tiaras and crowns. Just to just just to finish off that storyline from last month, we did yeah, not so trade the, the goats. No, no, no goats were traded. <laughs> yes, but yeah, no. Uh, this 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 week, uh, this month, it's uh, October, and October is uh, spooky October. Yes, it is. And, you know, especially if you get outside of Oleander, it's just all those trees and full moon, you know, the owls. It, mm-hmm. it's, it can be um, a pretty scary thing. Well, even back in my old neighborhood in North Portland, you have all the the trees changing colors and uh, you have all the old, uh, I don't know, old buildings with like owls being like, ooh, ooh. That was a terrible owl noise, but you know what I mean. You know what owls yeah. sound like. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and the decorations that start coming up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. I've, I've been checking out uh, various friends all over the country. Um, some friends down in Arizona with the Alwyn House in Phoenix, Arizona. They have a big, giant, spooky spider in the front of their uh, uh, art gallery. And, yeah, no, it's it's... Everyone's getting ready. I'm, I'm excited. Hey, if you have cool stuff that you want to send and you want us to throw up onto the Facebook page, just send it our way and we'll, we'll post it. We'd love to see your outfits. We'd love to see any drawings you have, any yard art, anything cool like that, any spooky photos. You got any, I don't know. Costumes for your pets? Yeah, costumes for your pets. Any ghost pictures you've taken? We'll, 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 we'll show it. We'll show it off. But yeah. So, Dave, um, speaking of uh, goat uh, pet costumes, uh, do, you, do you dress the goats up in for Halloween? So, there was an incident 
where I dressed Solomon and Sonya up as, um, you know, in Star Trek uniforms, uh-huh. you know, red shirt. Sure. And then somehow they got a Klingon battle. And uh, part of the negotiations to make them put away the Klingon weaponry was that I would never dress them up again. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've never been one for dressing up pets. Uh, I've, I've always been one more for, like, uh, window displays. I love window displays, whether it's projecting uh, images or decorating my windows. I currently now have been using, oh, man, I'm trying to, Atmosphere, I believe it's what it's called. Okay. It's, you project something onto a window, and, yeah, no, I have, like, uh, something that's akin to, uh, I guess, like, projecting, like, if you took all of the action from like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just turned it into silhouette work and then shined it at your window. That's what I do every year. Uh, um, yeah. I don't have many trick or treaters and the neighbors are kind of like, Oh, are you doing that again? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I like it. And uh, comic chameleon, they've got, you know, they've got all those, you know, the, the uh, Marvel and DC uh, comic characters as vampires and ghosts and mm-hmm, skeletons mm-hmm. painted on their window. Yep, yep, yep. There's always that. Love that about comic book stores, local comic book stores, for sure. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, even they've they've got those uh, those masks that have like the uh, plastic cover that then has the character's face on it. For like little kids at the uh, A1 grocery and taxidermy, which is like, I was really surprised. I was like, wait a minute, you can still get a Welcome Back Cotter costume here? Hey, look, it's the Fonz. But the kids are like, no, we don't even know who that guy is with the mustache. And I'm like, okay, cool, no prob. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. You just the, those generations, see, they just don't know who Gabe Kaplan is. What are they? What are they missing? I don't know. Oh, I don't feel know. So old. Get off of my yard. Get off my grass, you whippersnackers and your your Elon Musk and your Grimes. I just have to say, up your nose with a rubber hose. Yeah. Ooh, 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 Mr. Carter. <laughs> wow, we're old. <laughs> I know. You, you, you know, you know, uh, Joni runs uh, the, the Chotsky shop. Uh, yes, Joni yes. loves Chotsky's. You know that she is just rolling right now. So this is for an audience of one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I was uh, actually going to say she's been doing quite a bit of brisk business with uh, the pandemic. Everyone's going on to eBay and she's been making a mint off of lunchboxes and old thermoses yeah. that don't smell like milk. Yeah, I got my my Space 1999 thermos and lunchbox. I have to say my proudest lunchbox is uh, my favorite lunchbox. Two favorite lunchboxes. I have an original Hellboy lunchbox from when Dark Horse made Hellboy lunchboxes just as a joke before the movies or anything like that. And I also have a uh, hidden away where no one can find it, a uh, near mint Batman 66 lunchbox that is amazing. (laughs) With thermos. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on sending my children through dental school with this. All right. So... Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Halloween stuff. We're going to be doing some stuff. Uh, um, now, now, uh, w- w- what are we going to be talking about there, Dave? Well, so I thought we'd talk about something scary. Okay. And, and you know how we're talking about the woods are scary. They, yeah. They yeah. are by nature scary, especially for people who maybe don't spend a lot of time. 
and and there's something that we've mentioned before um yeah the sort of missing 411 okay and that's this theory that that an unusually high amount of americans disappear in force and that's absolutely true but we don't really have a baseline but we do kind of have a national baseline mm-hmm. and so in the the oregon triangle which is um you know it's here in oleander uh gladstone and boring okay um which is it's about a hundred square uh, i guess about 100 square miles or so i think mm-hmm. it's closer to like 95 but it, it's not square miles it's triangle miles i i didn't i was told there would be no math <laughs> but there is a statistically high percentage of disappearance for an area of that population and you know this you know growth of forests uh, and it is it has always been three times the national at least three times the national um average and, and the strange thing you know and, and you it's terrible that you know people get lost in, in forests mm-hmm. but eventually you usually come over some sort of remains sure you know skeletons or something there is not you, you don't find any in this area okay so in 1967 the federal grant the federal government issued a, a, a grant and the idea was that oleander was going to have this huge sign and it was going to have the people that disappeared uh and the federal government was going to pay for it and it was a hopes that they were going to find these people who who vanished mm-hmm. uh so this huge billboard uh on um right about where uh, you know oh, oh oregon 213 comes into the city okay now um what happened, and, and, and a lot of people debate, because they just, we don't find anything. We don't find any remains. You know, we don't find people disappear in their cars. We don't find the cars. You know, and, and cars, you know, rust and stuff, but cars, you know, people, cars, you should find the cars eventually. Yeah. You know, they, they don't dissolve, they, they don't, you know, if we get rust or, or all, you know, they, we, nobody, you know, people disappear in their cars and nobody finds the, 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 the cars mm-hmm. um, but then on Halloween night in 2016 the missing person sign disappeared okay it just it just disappeared and there was two holes in the ground where the sign was and it was like somebody just came and picked it up and yanked it. Um, but you know, and so there's theories that it was UFOs, uh, helicopters, mm-hmm. construction equipment, but no one heard anything. They literally you know, uh, And this was this was about this was the Halloween before I moved in. So you know, I've I've heard um, you know different different people, but they basically describe it as yeah, it was there when we. When we uh, went to bed, and it wasn't when we woke up. Hmm. Interesting. So they, that that is the the oleander a missing persons missing sign or miss the missing missing person sign. Weird. Yep. Huh. In fact, if you ever drive by two thirteen, 
right before City Hall, you'll see these two holes that are still there. That's where it was. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, no, I mean, I hadn't paid attention. I'm not going to generally keep my eye out for two holes on the side of the road. But, yeah, okay. Huh. Yeah, I found it a hard way. I, I twisted my foot. I was walking there, and I, uh, I found the hole the hard way. Okay. All right. So, so I knew where it was. Huh. Well, that's the missing person, missing person sign, everyone. All right. So, so every once in a while, they talk about the government getting money for a sign. Yeah. That we can put a picture of the sign on. Sure. But uh, they have uh, the feds have never come through on that. <sighs> typical, typical. All right. Uh, and uh, just a reminder, everyone, that we are having a Halloween parade on Halloween. Imagine that. And the theme this year. Uh, let me. Get the pumpkin, the pumpkin full of papers, and witches. Witches is the theme for this Halloween this year. So, witches. All right. So, speaking of witches, Dave, uh, what do we got up, up next? So, we are actually going to talk about some of our favorite witches. Oh, cool. On TV. Sure. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds fun. Um, I, I mean, my, uh, I grew up on a lot of really, really old television because I grew up on a, with a really old TV and being kind of old. So, uh, I, my, my favorite, uh, which probably would have to be from television would be Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. Really? Yeah. And, and, you know, I grew up in the LA market, you know, in the seventies and the eighties. Uh-huh. And, and so that was, you know, Right before the cartoons would come on weekdays, you know, because they had so many, it would it would have the Bewitched shows. Yeah, no, but same he, same in Portland. It would be like before the cartoons would come on, it would be Bewitched and Gilligan's Island, or like Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie, or Bewitched and the Brady Bunch, and then it would kick into cartoons. Exactly, and, and but you know, they didn't really. I mean, she was a witch uh-huh. because she had magical powers. Yes. But but it wasn't it wasn't Wicca it wasn't you know it was she had powers uh-huh. yeah. that's that's it uh, you know it's like I don't know if you ever watched Charm no I did not ever watch Charm so you know <coughs> Charm was for what it was it was uh-huh. perfectly good and they at least a little on the surface. Mm-hmm covered things like witchcraft and wicca but the truth is they were more the three sisters were more mutants okay the, the, the like the x-men type mutants they could cast spells and you know always at the end they would they would say the poem and the bad guy demon would get you know uh exercised but one had the power to stop time the other had telekinesis uh, another one looked cute or something like that. I, you know, <laughs> I, later they replaced one of the sisters with a healer. So, but they were, I mean, so they did at least try the trappings of witchcraft, but really, it, they they were more like mutants than they were witches. Okay, I did remember one show that has a witch on it that I real oh, a lot of witches actually. Now that I think about it, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the. Uh, the one from the 90s, I think, that had the cat puppet? Yes. Yeah. Or, or, if you're really old, 
the old Sabrina cartoons. Oh, geez, yeah. No, no, Archie cartoons in general. <laughs> yeah. Sugar, sugar. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, I, I don't know, have you have you watched... So, I, you know, I, I never watched the original one. Sure. Unless it was on, you know, in somebody's house. Uh-huh. But have you watched the new one from Netflix? I have such a short attention span. This is why you generally cover movies and stuff like that. I watched a couple of episodes and I went, oh, this is great. And then I think I moved on to some other project or... So- yeah. <laughs> so, so they're very Lovecraftian witches. That's in what fact, I saw. There's, a, there's, there's an episode that really is, you know, um, Dreams of the Witch House. Uh-huh. There's an episode that really is Pikmin's model. Okay. Uh, at On the third one, they are fighting the great god Pan. Uh-huh. But, so this, and I don't know who made the decision, mm-hmm. but they are satanic witches. Oh, okay. and a very Lovecraftian. They they worship Satan. Huh. And, and and so you know they'll say, "Hey, little Satan." Now, that is wow. I mean, I was really surprised they made that decision. But as it goes on, you know, they say, "Well, maybe the, they end up fighting Satan, but they are a satanic coven." Mm-hmm. And they, they have like a statue, and there's. They're like Harry Potter's version, or their version of Hogwarts, or whatever. They have a, a statue of Baphomet in it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so yeah, they are they are satanic witches, which of course Wicca is not. You know, yeah. It, it, I, it, it's a very interesting choice, uh, and it, it's that's you know that's the one. You know, Shagas only appear in one Lovecraft story. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, no. I mentioned, but they yeah, only yeah. see them. In one. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Migos. You know, they're mentioned, but yeah. you only see them in one. Sure, witches are the really the only repeating cr- monstrous villain that reappears in Lovecraft stories. Yeah, I, I keep being like, what about ghouls? <laughs> well, okay, ghouls. I'll give you an exception. Yeah, ghouls. Yeah, ghouls is, is the other one. Yeah, and I love I love ghouls. I love ghouls, but witches are awesome yeah. as well. So so, so ghoul, <laughs> but even even but you know even in so you know you got Pikmin's model, sure. but even you know uh, the, the Dream Quest of uh, the Lost Kadath, mm-hmm. uh, there's witches there too. There's oh, ghouls. Yeah. There's Pikmin yeah. shows up, but um, it's kind of the best of best of Lovecraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you you were telling me though about a show within a show. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we were talking about uh, you were talking about a show that you had seen, and it reminded me of a show within a show. There's a show on Netflix called Love, where Paul Rust uh, plays a tutor for teenagers on a show that takes place, I believe, in like 1950s Wichita, Kansas. And all the female characters that they introduce through the show that is actually the show, Love, um, are all like a family, uh, a coven of witches living in intolerant 1950s Wichita, Kansas, and their struggles. And it's supposed to be like this very dramatic show with witchcraft and 
anyway but it's it's just like one of those shows it's like yeah no i could imagine seeing that like flipping past the wb or like i don't know having a friend who's like really into that show and is like no i can't play dungeons and dragons that night wichita's on and being like you've got to be kidding me but <laughs> don't you have a dvr <laughs> yeah i mean like i i used to have to like wait an hour later to play Shadowrun because someone had to watch uh, Buffy or Charmed or Angel or something like that at one point in time and like come on just TiVo it yo but anyway but yeah no and it's just like the show that you were talking about just seemed like very um, at some point just uh, like the show on love is very kind of like making fun of like the uh, aimed at like late teens early 20 audience kind of like um i don't know kind of like the uh visual equivalent of a ya novel that tv puts mm. out like oh man i feel like i'm i'm not trying to like <laughs> be mean or anything but things like oh, i'm just drawing blanks right now but um stuff like charmed or buffy or mm-hmm. um shows like that where it's like uh, strong female protagonists, but it's like the kind of stuff that you only see in YA novels because mainstream science fiction and horror generally doesn't want to have a female leader in at least in like until like the last what 10 15 years. I'm sorry, I'm totally going off on a different tangent than what no, I... no, that's fine. <laughs> so, so that kind of leads into what I was going to talk sure. about. So, the, the, the show that that and, and and this has got to be a guilty pleasure. Uh-huh. But the show that I binged, and the first season's out, second season's coming out, it's now on Hulu, Mm -hmm. is Motherland Fort Salem. Okay. And it is exactly teen model witches fight terrorists. Okay. (laughs) Uh, So, (laughs) yes, you you have these just drop-dead 18-year-old, well, the actresses aren't 18-year-olds, but... um, Drop dead gorgeous eight um, girls who join basically the military in this dimension. Mm-hmm. What happened is that in you know 1776, the English are defeating the you know George Washington. So Washington goes to this witch, uh, survives the Salem witch trials, and says, "We're going to turn our military over to the witches." And so the basically the army is full of witches. Okay. And 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 it's not a it's not, it, it's it, magic is real. Okay. And so the and, and it just has this complete history. They just go this dive about you know how history has changed, and you know this one witch who basically has from behind the scenes or has run the military for the last you know two hundred and fifty years. And it's these these three girls that are completely exactly opposite, and, and like I said, all the recruits, all the all the draftees are, are way better looking. It's it's like um, you know, it's uh, it's like Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. You know, those people are just too good looking to kill bugs. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing, but but it's this bonding of the girls, and and you see the the history slowly but revealed. So like, there's a huge swath in the middle of of America mm-hmm. that they gave back to the natives. Okay. And you learn things and it just and the cool thing is that on the magic is all sound and voice. Gotcha. Uh, and and so they learn to, you know, 
cause winds by by singing or or they blow this you know they 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 blow the air and it penetrates metal and it's a I it, it it's YA but I love it it's yeah. just a, it's it's a great show uh, it's a great history uh, yeah it just it, it was it's fun it, it's it's sort of predictable but they're fighting terrorist witches and it turns out that they actually all have a combined even greater enemy mm-hmm. and so the, the stories are a little contrived but like I said I just ate it up nice and yeah and it, it's on Hulu now okay cool that's awesome I, I have Hulu <laughs> it, it's worth yeah I, I would I would watch the, it's worth you know it's worth watching at least the first episode so you could like it. Nice, very nice. Yeah, no, it's always always fun to like check something out for a little bit and be like, is this something that I'm gonna? Yeah, there's various shows that I'm always like trying to convince people to rewatch with me. It's like check out this show Jericho. It's about uh, what would happen if a nuclear bomb dropped and you're living in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I always yep. push Jericho onto people Jericho. like watch Jericho with me. I really like this show for some reason. But I don't want to watch it by myself again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So no. that's our our choices for which TV. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, it's a couple other things popped into my head, and I'm like, well, that's that's comic books again, and all. That's more books, and but yeah, no, we can talk about that next time. Yeah. All so, right. So next time you want to talk about witches in literature, maybe a little more. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, after the break, we'll see you in what? What do we got coming up next, Dave? D and D on D and D, or yeah. And I'm gonna let the audience guess what is the topic going to be. Ooh, we'll find out next. We'll see you after yeah. the break. Which of the many topics did we choose? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> All right. We'll see you after the break, everyone. Hey everyone, it's D&D on D&D. I'm one of the D's. And I am the other D. Alright, and and this, you know, DB and Dave, no other D words, so get that out of your head. <laughs> so welcome back once again. DB and FD for Farmer Dave on D&D just didn't sound as good. No, it got a little, <laughs> little clunky. Yeah. And uh, speaking of clunky intros... So, hey, enough of this. Uh, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about witches and D&D. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So, I, I guess I'll ask first, Dave. Dave, how do you use witches in D&D? So, so being the, the, the bad DM that I was historically, <laughs> I, you know, I would, my version of witches were basically hags. Okay. All right. You know, and you, you have quite a future. And you, you know, quite a few to choose from in the traditional, you know, uh, 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 Wicked Witch of the West type mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. uh, material. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to say, like, probably from, like, my uh, early, I don't know, uh, early days of D&D, like, when I was, like, a kid to probably about, like, high school, I did similar things. A lot of, like, uh, you know, like, Baba Yaga kind of stuff and... Uh, yeah. Then I started working in natural foods with uh, women who 
uh, identified as Wiccan or identified as witches, depending on which department of the store they worked in. If they were in health and beauty aids or if they were over in, like, um, and, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember different departments of a natural food store I worked at 20 years ago. Anyway, but yeah, no, and then being like, oh, okay, it's, it's, it's something totally different than, okay, yeah, there's people who still identify, okay, cool, all right, don't make burning, don't, don't, don't make witch pyre jokes. Yeah, okay, cool, gotcha. <laughs> well, well, if I was going to, now, I was going to run a witch-like character mm -hmm. in 5e, you know what class I would use? What? Druid. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, you think of, of Wicca, you know, different. As, and historically, they are. They're, they're, you know, their nature, magic. Yeah. Uh, you're, um, you've got healing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you've got uh, the other is, uh, you know, you've got animals. So maybe not quite a familiar like you know sorcerer or wizard. Sure. But if I wanted to make it, and now it's a little bit more difficult, I think, with, say, the subclasses in 5e. Sure. But, you know, you can still use, I think there's a moon one and, mm -hmm. you know, or just the, the, the generic sort of, you know, nature. And I, So, yeah, I think if I wanted to do a witch, I would do, uh, I'd play a, a, a druid. Okay. All right. Now, I, I only played like one game in Pathfinder. Uh huh. You know, and I played a, a cleric, but I believe Witch was a a class in okay. Pathfinder. Yeah, I I played Pathfinder for a while, but I don't I don't remember getting into like the. I remember there was some like pretty uh, like um, secondary or tertiary like uh, character classes that weren't like the mm -hmm. core, but weren't like the secondary. It was like further out but not quite third party but <laughs> yeah <laughs> right up there with like gunsmith or something like that yeah well, and I, I think 5e though when they designed it mm -hmm. I think they were thinking at least Hollywood witch yeah uh, warlock and I, I mean and to many people you know warlock is just the male word for witch sure sure yeah um, and, and we see that so we see you know the, the fiend warlock you know we see the, the Sabrina, the teenage, you know, the witch, even though, you know, I would say she's a neutral good character, but she breaks away from uh -huh. her family that's, you know, have these these packs literally with Satan. Yeah. And then the, the what they don't call the old ones or the, the great ones, uh -huh. those are, are literally Lovecraftian witches. Uh, you know, like in, um, you know, the dream house of... Uh, Oh, 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 dream, uh, dreams, dreams in the, the witch house. Yes, thank you. Or uh, the unknown uh, 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 Kadath. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the, those are, are are very much Lovecraftian witches. Oh yeah. And if I was going to p play a warlock as a witch, I think I would take Faye. Yeah. As, as the arch Faye. Okay. Because that is again, you've got this very sort of uh European witch tradition mm -hmm. uh, that you know that it's it sort of built into that so I think that's what 5e was thinking about as witches okay all right huh yeah I generally have never really used witches in campaigns honestly except for like 
here and there, like way, way, way back in the day. And then after, like, uh, like I don't know, I want to say like after probably about like 19 or 20, I didn't play as much Dungeons and Dragons. It seemed like kind of like passe to play Dungeons and Dragons. Because uh, that's when Dungeons and Dragons was doing like 2.5, 2.75. Yeah. This, this new rule book and that new rule book. And it was like, hey, there's now rules for this and this. And if you want to do this, you can add this. And now you can like bump your campaign scale up this much or lower it down this much. And it was just like, I, okay, no. Uh, well, how about Call of Cthulhu? And we started playing a lot more Call of Cthulhu and a lot more Shadowrun. And the kind of stuff that we would use witches for in that is more of kind of like... Um, red herrings, <laughs> kind of like, yeah. how dare you accuse witches of being murderers, you jerk? <laughs> kind exactly. of like the uh, the first red herring who ends up like helping you out if you're like not a jerk, and you know it's like, oh hey, good thing you were nice to the witches earlier because they totally were able to heal your gunshot wound. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, because. Especially if you're playing like a, a 1920s called Cthulhu, they're going to have very sort of, you know, predetermined. Or the characters will have sort of these predeveloped opinions on what it level a witch is. Sure. But, but you know, I was thinking if you do it as D and D, what about what about sort of flip it? Yeah. What if what if there's a witch trial? Mm-hmm. So you got these like obscene neutral lawful clerics sure you know and they're mm-hmm. they're paladins but they're out to put out get rid of every witch mm-hmm. and so you know the players the, the magical characters in the play, they either have to escape or you know prove that that, that they're not evil mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. or and, something and, else and that, the, oh yeah oh uh, and I would say, you know, the witch finders, you go make them, make them neutral lawful. Uh-huh. So that, that they're so dedicated to the law that it's even the fact that these witches are good doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. The thing I, I, I was thinking is like, what if, uh, like if you played like, and, and now this is like, what if you played a witch finder campaign of like inquisitors or something of that nature? If you're like doing pathfinder, I can't remember if D and D has anything like inquisitors other than paladins and priests, but like so, a, so three, oh, 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 3.5. It was a, it was a, an advanced class. Okay. 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 All right. Cool. But like, uh, have something along the lines of like a very kind of like religious, like pious, uh, campaign set around like, you know, it's like, uh, we believe that the queen or we believe that the, uh, you know, um, the royal family is a group of heretics that worship this aspect of this uh, dark deity, but is posing as an aspect of this deity that we are a member of. Mm-hmm. But then again, that wouldn't even have to be witches. That could be like any kind of... Uh, and, and any group that people want to malign or marginalize or anything like that, I guess. But yeah, so, sure, so, so, or it could so, be so liches. Like, <laughs> yeah, lich- so in, in a campaign that I ran, uh-huh. you know, the, the the great old one warlocks. Those mm-hmm. those were like those were the the evil. You could be any other type of warlock, but you know the great old ones. They were the the servants of the old gods returning. Oh, cool. And, and you know you could almost do a do, do a a medieval um, d- 
Delta Green or Medieval X Files. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, the, the, this is this is the the team that entrusted by you know the the Count or the Duke to to resolve you know the unknown mysteries. Make everyone watch uh, in the name of the rose with Sean Connery and Christian Slater, uh, and then be like, okay, movie. this is what you guys are going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. And they start out being like, oh man, we're just. Oh man, we're just nerds that go from place to place looking at books, and then that's when you slip in uh, <laughs> a uh, medieval version of The King in Yellow before it. I don't know, or whatnot. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just rambling. I always, oh man, I always revert to Call Ron of Cthulhu. Ron Perlman was in that movie too. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, that's that's one of those movies that you like look back at and go, that movie. I don't think had any right to be as good as it was, but no, was, and, and to be honest, I've only seen the edited version. I think it's amazing. Oh yes, uh, the uh, made for or not the, uh, the edited for the television. TV, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I only I have as well, but yeah. <laughs> so, so I I have a, a question. I um, have you ever played with D and D with Wiccans or or real witches? Uh. I'm trying to think if I have or haven't. Um, that really never comes up, but I mean, I probably. So, I, <laughs> I mean, I know to, I've played I with a lot of like pagans. I've I've played with pagans. I've played with people of various like Christian based and uh, Judeo Christian based faith, and yeah, no, I mean. But yeah, no, I, I mean, I haven't like really, I, I don't really go into that kind of stuff when I talk to people about D&D. And I know a, a wide so, swath so I, of people, I but yeah. Some, oh, I had, I had some friends that, you know, but we always, that were, were Wiccan, mm-hmm. but we always played, uh, you know, Shadowrun. Okay. And, and they always just, they, they always went to tech heads. Okay. The, you know, they went the, 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 the Deckers. And oh, the, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, the, the 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 cyborgs. It's a uh, so yeah. No, I'm, maybe we. Uh, I'm hoping that we're gonna have a couple of witches on this month. So uh, maybe we can find. I'll see. If maybe we can find a, a witch who plays D and D. See what see what type of characters they play or what they think. You know. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be fun. So, right. So I'm just throwing out. We didn't practice this, but now I'm gonna put you on the spot. Sure. What game? Do you think does the best representation of witches? Ooh, RPG? Huh. Yeah. Shoot. Um, I'm gonna. I kind of want to cheat a little bit, and I'm like, I'm gonna guess probably the shaman, uh, the shamanic classes in Shadowrun, like second okay. and third edition. Uh, okay. I really liked those, and I'm trying to think of any other RPGs, and I'm gonna cheat and say GURPS. Because yeah, I know GURPS has uh, at least four or five different types of witches, and it's mass amounts of different campaigns that settings that you can do. <laughs> like GURPS Horror, and then there's like, I don't know. Oh, geez, like, yeah, no. And, uh, oh. <laughs> I'm just trying to be like, think of any, uh, like, other specific, like, uh, campaign settings or, uh, game mechanic wise and stuff like that that like definitely have like witches and i want to say yeah like shadow run gurps those those are my two uh, I, yeah <laughs> I, I i think you're i definitely think you're right especially i would say gurps because the idea is that the gurps has so many different options uh-huh, uh-huh. at least 
two, you know, major the the traditional magic and the sure. spirit magic uh-huh. rules. You could basically make your, you know, if you were a a, a, a witch or a Wiccan, um, you could basically make your character, uh-huh. especially and and I, I'll be careful when I say it, but um, GURPS Voodoo has yeah. some great magic rules that are not exclusive to voodoo. I mean, they have voodoo as being a possessionary magic, but it ha- it talks about, you know, other covens and other other magic beliefs uh-huh. that, um, you know, are in this world. Uh, and I think that, especially the spirit magic, the spirit magic in the, the GURPS rules, I think would probably, personally, I would say probably the, the best or most realistic magic system to what my understanding is that a real witch is okay yeah i know and i was also i was gonna chime in like i also remember like i don't know specifically but i remember the hellboy gurps book having like a pretty decent uh magic system but i think it also borrowed heavily from a lot of other stuff <laughs> so so that was that uses the spirit system okay that's the okay. spirit system it is converted into uh hellboy okay cool i'm glad someone else knows what i'm talking about for once <laughs> all that but yeah no um so yeah no no so i i think that yeah probably if you were and, and again please if you're a, a gamer and a and a, a practicing witch and you think that i'm talking out of my ear tell me but i would think that if i was you know a gamer and i wanted to create a a, a realistic witch character based on what i believed mm-hmm. I, I think GURPS would probably be the best system hmm. okay I, you know what I, I'm, I'm I'm gonna agree that, but I also my 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 answer is also kind of like broadside of the barn with a pellet gun kind of thing. It's like yeah. whatever direction I'm gonna hit something that's gonna be in the direction of a witch, no matter what campaign setting. There's gonna be something that's probably gonna have something magicy that's also gonna be kind of witchy as well. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think we've uh, I don't know uh, hit that broadside of the barn enough. <laughs> I think we 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 have exhausted our mana on this subject. Definitely, definitely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us with D and D on D and D. We've been D and D on D and D, and no critical fumbles. Or wait a minute. Oh, what what we, rule set is that? We had we had all of them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> may, may your dice be good to you. Remember Thacko. Oh yes. <laughs> We need a we we need a, a call off sign for this for sure. All right, thanks again, everyone. All right, bye. And cue music. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to another episode of. Radio Free Oleander. If you'd like to hear more shows on this show, why don't you send in your show or send in some suggestions on shows you'd like to hear? So, any other uh, news about town that we should know about, Dave? Oh, I think that just everybody's getting ready for Halloween. Oh and, yeah, you know, the colors are the colors are the plants are turning red. So, I think that that's going to be. Hopefully, we're going to have some guests on, and oh yeah. Uh, hopefully that the city will be doing some interesting things and we'll have some stories to tell. Oh yeah, and I have to tell you, I just pulled a 21 pound, 9.5 kilogram 
um, watermelon out of my front yard in, uh, in, in the very beginning of October, so, or end of September is when we were recording this, but you'll hear this in October, but yeah. So, I just had to say, I'm super proud about that. That is an impressive watermelon. Yeah. So, you, you want to hear a watermelon story? Go for it. So, I spent a couple months living in Mississippi. Okay. And that was just one of the ways in the 80s of Mississippi. You know, I had a little bit of land. Uh-huh. You'd make, you'd grow watermelons. Okay. You could sell them, you'd give them to your friends, whatever. And they would always have, you know, whatever, the biggest watermelon contest. Uh-huh. And so what they would do is the watermelons did not win. Uh-huh. They, they would give them charity. They usually give them to, like, the uh, the local uh, uh, retirement home or something. And, and there was a guy who I, I knew there. He was working at one of the retirement homes. And, and so he's cutting up the watermelon. You know, all the people there are all excited about it. And he starts cutting it. And just water just floods out of this watermelon. Mm-hmm what they do is they take a hose and then they would connect it with a needle uh-huh. and they would stick it into the watermelon oh, and then they would put it like drip so that it would just basically expand this watermelon oh man i know yours yours wasn't a yours wasn't an enhanced watermelon yours no, was no. pure pure talent and, <laughs> and, and green thumb there but oh, yeah. yeah they would they would that's how they they would cheat watermelon contest well, I'll tell you how I grew my watermelon kind of extra special, and this is this is uh, less about uh, weird tricks to do with uh, hoses and more about like w- weird tricks to do with your land. And um, you know, because we have the land still up in Portland while we're you know just renting this little house at Oleander, and yeah, moving stuff in. So yeah. And, um, you know, we still have to go up to the house and get mail and stuff like that. And that's where the watermelon is. And we set up a hugel culture bed in the front yard. And I don't know if I've talked about this before on the show, but what you do is you dig a big pit in your yard and then you lay a big like log down and then you put some dirt over and then you put bigger branches and put some more dirt over and more or less kind of like create kind of a strata of compost and then you put your topsoil on, and then you plant, and then you have kind of like this, uh, um, uh, I guess, kind of like a, a hill, kind of. I mean, we, we ended up with a fairly large hill-type structure when we were done. Uh, you can make them a lot smaller, but because of this, it holds a lot more water, and everything inside is composting, so it's like, mm. you can put your hands on it, and it's like, oh, wow, the ground's a lot warmer than it normally would be, and plants just freak out. And everything that's grown on it, we're just going to cut down and throw on top of it and throw some stuff on top of it. And, you know, taking out, of course, like the stuff that we don't want to seed. And, yeah, no, and uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but watermelon doesn't do that great in Portland ever. My whole life I've tried growing watermelon. This is the first year I've ever been successful. Well, I, I saw the picture. It looked like a good one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that has to do with, like, I mean how hot it's been this year or if it has to do with the hugel culture bed but i'm hoping it's the hugel culture bed but yeah (laughs) a little bit of a a little bit of b yeah yeah and i don't know how to spell hugel culture or if i'm even saying it right so your guess is as good as mine listeners sounds good to me all right uh so yeah i think i think that's a pretty good pretty good start for october uh listeners and again if you have any suggestions if you want to rate review subscribe 
Uh, check us out on social media. We are Radio Free Oleander, KZOM, 11.30 a.m. on the dial. And hey, if you happen to be swinging by Oleander and you want to be on the show, just give us a call ahead and uh, we'll uh, sanitize a chair for you, make sure it's at least six feet away from us, and open up all the windows and get a fan going, and maybe we can do some interviews with masks on. So, you know, there's always that. Anything to say, Dave? Other than we will uh, see you next week. You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Welcome to Radio Free Oleander, a weekly show showcasing the best of 1130 AM KZOM.